2 Kings chapter 11 is our text this evening. 2 Kings chapter 11. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she rose and destroyed all the royal offspring. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons who were being put to death, and placed him and his nurse in the bedroom. So they hid him from Athaliah. And he was not put to death. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord six years, while Athaliah was reigning over the land. Now in the seventh year, Jehoiada sent and brought the captains of hundreds of the Karites and of the guard, and brought them into the house of the Lord. Then he made a covenant with them. And put them under oath in the house of the Lord, and showed them the king's son. He commanded them, saying, This is the thing that you shall do. One-third of you who come in on the Sabbath and keep watch over the king's house, one-third also shall be at the gate, sir, and one-third at the gate behind the guards, shall keep watch over the, ho- shall keep watch over the house for defense. Two parts of you, even all who go out on the Sabbath, shall also keep watch over the house of the Lord for the king. Then you shall surround the king, each with his weapons in his hand, and whoever comes within the ranks shall be put to death. And be with the king when he goes out and when he comes in. So the captains of hundreds did according to all Jehoiada the priest commanded. And each one of them took his men who were to come in on the Sabbath with those who were to go out on the Sabbath and came to Jehoiada the priest. The priest gave to the captains of hundreds the spears and shields that had been in King David's, rather that had been King David's, which were in the house of the Lord. The guards stood each with his weapons in his hand from the right side of the house to the far left of the house by the altar and by the house around the king. Then he brought the king's son out and put the crown on him and gave him the testimony. And they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. When Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she came to the people in the house of the Lord. She looked, and behold, the king was standing by the pillar, according to the custom, with the captains and the trumpeters beside the king. And all the people of the land rejoiced and blew trumpets. Then Athaliah tore her clothes and cried, Treason! Treason! And Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of hundreds who were appointed over the army and said to them, Bring her out between the ranks, and whoever follows her, put to death with the sword. For the priest said, Let her not be put to death in the house of the Lord. So they seized her, 
And when she arrived at the horse's entrance of the king's house, she was put to death there. Now Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people and also between the king and the people. And all the people of the land went to the house of Baal and tore it down. His altars and his images, they broke in pieces thoroughly and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. And he took the captains of hundreds and the Karites and the guards and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord and came by way of the gate of the guards to the king's house, and he sat on the throne of the kings. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, for they had put Athaliah to death with the sword at the king's house. Jehoash was seven years old when he became king. The reading of God's holy word, be seated please as we pray. We give thanks to you, O God, our, our great King, the God of all wisdom, God of all glory, the one who has revealed himself throughout the Holy Scriptures. We pray that you would make yourself known to our hearts this evening as we consider this portion of your Holy Word. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would be uh, would minister to us to illumine our hearts and minds in the knowledge of the truth. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we come to 2 Kings 11, the house of David is in crisis, and it has never looked more fragile. The origins of this crisis go back a generation to the reign of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, who was personally godly, but covenantally foolish. In 1 Kings 22.4, we read that he aligned himself with King Ahab in his war against Aram. And in 22.44, we're told that he made peace with Ahab, the king of Israel. The ties between the northern and southern kingdoms were cemented when Jehoshaphat entered into a marriage alliance with Ahab, giving his son Jehoram to Ahab's daughter, Athaliah. As a result, when Joram succeeded Jehoshaphat on the throne of Judah, his reign was infected with Baalism, as well as uh, the reign of his son Ahaziah, both of whom walked in the way of the house of of Ahab, 2 Kings 8, 18 and 27. I don't usually make application in the introduction to a sermon, but I'm going to tonight and especially to speak to the children and, and young people of the congregation very briefly 
simply to say this. If we are in covenant with God, if we know the Lord, if we have been united to Christ by faith, and yet marry the godless, we will nearly always wreak havoc and ruin among our descendants. There are exceptions, but that's the rule. Take heed, children and young people, as you grow older and contemplate those whom you will marry. Now back to the origins of the present crisis uh, in the house of David. And now that Jehoram and Ahaziah are dead, Athaliah, the queen mother, launches a murderous attack on, uh, to destroy what remains of the royal house of Judah in an attempt to seize power for herself and preserve what remains of Ahab, her father's legacy in Judah. The question now becomes, will the line of David survive or will it go the way of the house of Ahab? Our text shows that God providentially preserves the promised Davidic dynasty from extinction. God providentially keeps the promised Davidic dynasty from distinction. Essentially, four things happen here in chapter 21. In the first place, the Davidic king is preserved. Secondly, the Davidic king is anointed. Thirdly, the Davidic king is avenged. And fourthly, the Davidic covenant is renewed. The Davidic king is preserved, anointed, and avenged, and the Davidic covenant is renewed. First, then, the Davidic covenant uh, king, rather, is preserved here in verses 1 through 3. And we should begin by filling in uh, the specific details that, that led up to Athaliah's murderous rampage in Judah, much of which we glean from the parallel account in Second Chronicles, chapters 21 and, and 22. First, Jehoram, Athaliah's husband, killed all of his brothers when he gained sole power in Judah, Second Chronicles 21, verses 1 to 4. Next, Philistines and Arabs invaded Judah and carried off and killed all of Jehoram's sons, except for the youngest, Ahaziah, Second Chronicles 21, verses 16 to 17. After this, the Lord struck Jehoram with an incurable bowel disease. He died, and Ahaziah succeeded him on Judah's throne, 2 Chronicles 22, verse 1. And finally, during his one-year reign over Judah, Ahaziah is caught up with King Joram of Israel in Jehu's slaughter of Ahab's house, 2 Kings 9, 27, along with 42 members of Judah's royal family, 2 Kings 10, 12 to 14. 
And so now, the only ones left are Ahaziah's sons, Queen Athaliah's own grandchildren. But in her lust for power, she rose and destroyed all the royal seed. 2 Kings 1, 11, uh, 1, uh, 11, 1 teaches us here. She rose and destroyed all the royal seed except one. Verse 2 reveals Jehoshaphat, Ahaziah's sister, Jehoram's daughter, Jehoiada, the priest's wife, Second Chronicles 22 informs us, took Joash, Ahaziah's infant son, from the rest of Ahaziah's sons who were being murdered and put him along with his nurse in a bedroom. Then she apparently raises him for six years in the priest's quarters in the house of the Lord where she and her husband Jehoiada lived. Verse 3, so they hid him from Athaliah and he was not put to death. What a critical moment this was, not only for the kingdom of Judah, but for the kingdom of God. Jehovah's promise to David of an enduring house was one infant away from proving false and falling to the ground. Jehoshaphat, one of the great unsung heroines of the Bible, is Jehovah's human agent responsible for preserving the kingdom of God in this world. What a critical moment indeed. Now, you may be tempted to think that your service to Jehovah isn't crucial like Jehoshaphat's. But if you're a Christian parent, you have a crucial responsibility in the home where you're meant to serve as a prophet, priest, and king. As a prophet, you teach God's word to your children. As a priest, you intercede for them. You wrestle in prayer uh, for them. As king, you rule over them with proper discipline and protection. As one Reformed minister Put it, it's because my parents understood this that I am in the kingdom of God. Don't tell me your kingdom service doesn't matter, he says. The Davidic king is preserved. Secondly, the the Davidic king is anointed, verses 4 to 12. Jehoiada, we've already mentioned, uh, uh, is... uh, Jehoshaphat's husband, he's called a priest in verses 9 and 15. He's mentioned here 
in verse 4 for the first time. It's almost certainly the high priest in Judah. Seven years into Athaliah's reign was enough for the people to see what she was like. And so Jehoiada, Jehoiada lays his plans carefully. Verse 4, sending for the captains of hundreds of the Karites, the, the royal guard. Uh, the Karites were probably descendants of the Karathites who formed part of David's bodyguard. 2 Samuel 20, verse 23. Jehoiada swore them to secrecy by an oath before he showed them the king's son and outlined a plan to remove Athaliah and put Joash on the throne. Instructions in verses 5 to 8 are that on the, the appointed day of duty, uh, the guards were subdivided into three, one-third guarding the king's house, one-third at the gate, sir, another third at uh, an unidentified gate behind the guards. The remaining guards who would normally be off-duty were to guard Joash, already here in verses 7 and 8 named as kings, or as king, rather. These instructions are followed, and the report in verse 10 that Jehoiada gave to the captains of the hundreds and the spears and the shields that had been in uh, King King David's, uh, which were in the house of the Lord, serves to emphasize that the fate of the royal house is at stake here. The account of crowning Joash follows in verse 12, the presenting uh, to him of the testimony included. This, this follows Deuteronomy 7, verses 18 to 20, where the, uh, the king is to receive this document which, which was to guide his personal and his political life. Uh, it's these words that... Uh, in which King David urged Solomon to follow in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, once they had officially anointed Joash, once they had officially made him king and, and anointed him, they clapped their hands, they shouted, Long live the king! So, The Davidic king has been preserved among his brothers who were put to death. The Davidic king has now been anointed. And thirdly, the Davidic king is avenged in verses 13 through 16. Thalia heard the commotion that was going on, the commotion of the guard, whose willingness to follow Jehoiada along with uh, the enthusiasm which with the people received Joash spelled her demise. The uh, Joash, the boy king, was standing by the pillar, uh, we're told, probably Jachin or Boaz. Given what Athali had done to the royal princess, her, her cry of treason is, rather hollow and quite ludicrous. 
Anointing Joash as king was showing loyalty to God and patriotism to his kingdom. The real traitor, of course, was Athaliah, and therefore it was Joash who needed to be avenged by her death. Since the self-anointed queen had set herself up against the Lord's anointed king, her life was forfeit. As soon as he saw her, verse 15, he commanded the captains, uh, Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of hundreds who were appointed over the army and said to them, bring her out between the ranks and whoever follows her put to death with the sword. They laid hands on Athaliah, they carried her outside the precincts of the temple. Even in this act of vengeance, Jehoiada proved to be a righteous man, a holy priest, careful not to dishonor Jehovah by shedding any blood on holy ground, saying, let her not be put to death in the house of the Lord. So they seize the queen mother, verse 16, and when she arrived at the horse's gate, uh, the horse's entrance to the king's house, she was put to death. The reference to the horse gate calls to mind the, the gruesome death of her mother, Queen Jezebel, when her body was trampled under by horses and her blood was spattered against the palace wall at Jezreel. Chapter 9, verse 33. And so like her mother Jezebel, Athaliah died a dishonorable death at the horse's gate, just as she deserved. And so another Jezebel is removed from God's kingdom, another Jezebel who had defied Jehovah. Once the king had been avenged by the death of Athaliah, fourthly, uh, we see The covenant is renewed, verses 17 to 21. Verse 17, we read, Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be Jehovah's people, also between the king and the people. That is to say that Joash was bound to God and to his people by holy promises. This was a three-way covenant in which God, the king, And the people each had promises to keep to each of the other parties. Uh, For his part, God promised to establish the king's throne forever. He also promised his people the greatest of all blessings, that that they would be his people, that he would dwell among them. The people in turn promised to serve Jehovah and remain loyal to his anointed king. As for the king, he promised to follow Jehovah with all of his heart and to regard his loyal subjects as his brethren. And so God, the king, and the people were bound together by this solemn solemn covenant, this history of the covenant renewal ceremony happened with David, 2 Samuel 5, 3, and was to happen later uh, with 
Josiah, 2 Kings 23 and verse 3. And since covenant faithfulness to Jehovah includes the, the removal of false gods, Baal must be obliterated in Judah, as has been done in the, in the northern kingdom of Israel. During the reigns of Jehoram, Ahaziah, and Athaliah, Baal worship had flourished in Jerusalem, and the house of Baal must be destroyed in order to wipe out the idolatry that had infected the land of Judah. Notice in verse 18, mindful of their covenant duty, all of the people, all of the people of the land went out of the house of Baal and tore it down, his altars, his images, they broke in pieces thoroughly and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And uh, the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. And finally, the king was enthroned. The ceremony began with a royal procession from the house of, of the Lord to the king's palace. Here uh, in verse 19, the, the priest took the captains of the hundreds and the carites and the guards and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, and they uh, came by the, the way of the gate of guards to the king's house, and he sat on the throne of the kings. The people of the land rejoice because uh, the threat is now removed. The Davidic king is on the throne, and the city was quiet. And the writer concludes the account here in verse 21 by informing us that Joash was seven years old when he became king, which means that he will need guidance and mentoring before he reaches maturity for many years to come. At the moment, however, there is peace and there's opportunity for a fresh start in Judah. The history of Joash is also the history of Jesus Christ whose kingship is prophesied in the histories of the Old Testament kings, both by example and by counterexample. The king whom God always had in mind for his people was his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Consider the parallels between Joash and Jesus. Jesus Christ is the king preserved. Like Joash, he was born the king of the Jews, Matthew 2, verse 2. Yet from the time of his birth, his life was in mortal danger. Jealous King Herod tried to eliminate Jesus by any means necessary, killing all the baby boys in Bethlehem, Matthew 2, verses 16 to 18. But the king's life was preserved. His father and his mother wisely took him down to Egypt in obedience to uh, the revelation, the instruction given to, uh, to them through revelation, kept him there in hiding till, he, uh, till it was safe uh, to return. Uh, Jesus is the king anointed. This took place at the beginning of Christ's public ministry, 
when John the Baptist took Jesus down to the Jordan River and baptized him with water. As soon as Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. And behold, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17. Jesus thus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to be the Savior of the world. Not long after, Jesus testified in the synagogue, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Luke 4.18 Jesus is the King preserved. He's the King anointed. Jesus Christ is the King avenged. By the grace of God, the, the great and terrible day of his vengeance has been delayed, but it will surely come. God has promised on that dreadful day, everyone who stands against God and his anointed king will be thrown down and destroyed. As the scripture has promised, he must reign until God has put all his enemies under his feet. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25. Jesus Christ is the King covenanted. Jesus is bound to his Father by a solemn covenant. He's bound to us by a solemn covenant, a promise of love. God the Father promised to give his Son an eternal throne and a kingdom to call his own. For his part, God the Son promised perfect obedience to God's law, as well as willingness to suffer on the cross. Whatever penalty must be incurred for our law-breaking. And Jesus met all these demands of the covenant of grace. He kept covenant with God so that we would be his people. Jesus Christ is the king enthroned. Jesus didn't remain on the cross, nor did he remain in the grave, but was raised again on the third day. Then he ascended to heaven, where he sits at the right hand of God the Father. There Jesus sits on the throne of authority, rule, and dominion over heaven and earth. The king of kings has come into his kingdom. This is the history of of the true Davidic king as prophesied in the life of Joash and fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. From beginning to end, the kingdom is the work of God. God is the one who preserved. God is the one who anointed. God is the one who will avenge. God is the one who covenanted with Jesus and enthroned him as his anointed king. And as the elect of God, with whom God has made covenant through his Son, Jesus Christ, our duty 
is to serve the king as his loyal subjects. God's exclusive covenant demands absolute allegiance. He will not share the allegiance or the affections of his people with any other God. Covenant keeping requires covenantal judgment. The destruction of everything that stands against our sworn allegiance to Christ's kingship. Keeping covenant with our great King, Jesus Christ, requires us to be ruthless in our fight against the idols of our hearts. Selfish ambition, lust, idolatrous covetousness, kinds of things that we see exemplified by the godless in the days of the kings and everything else that stands against Christ the King and his kingdom. Amen. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we would be counted among those who have kept our duty to serve King Jesus as his loyal subjects, to meet your exclusive demands of absolute allegiance, But, O Lord, you know us. You know our weakness. You know the frailty of our hearts. And you know the idols that we have erected in our hearts, that we've raised up and served. We pray, O Lord, that you would remove these idols that you remove everything that stands against Jesus our King and his kingdom. And that you enable us, O God, to keep covenant with you, even as you have promised to keep covenant with us and show love and kindness to all those who walk after you with all their hearts. Once again, this evening, O Lord, we pray that you would grant to us that whole hearted allegiance to Jesus, our Lord. We ask in his name. Amen. Amen. Psalm of response.